0: I uh just a quick disclaimer. First of all, I will probably never get used to being called Pastor Jamie. That's been a joke for years. People have been calling me Pastor Jamie. At at points in my life, I had much much less pastoral grace. It's better now. Thankfully for all of you here. <laughs> but at points in my life, I was like, yeah, I I will never be anyone 's pastor, right like I just you know the, the the prophetic was turned up to like eleven on me, and I was like, yeah you try in that junk with me, you know you know how it is you know how prophetic people get anyway um, but so now i 'm better i 'm doing better um, actually my pastor uh, doug 's dad uh, laid I, I say that from from years ago i mean uh, now, now david 's our pastor obviously but but years ago at, at the time, my pastor actually commissioned me uh, because I had to, of all things, I had to do a wedding, and um, and and so I had to do this wedding, and so he's like, well, I guess we better commission you as a pastor or ordain you, you know, and from that point on, I kid you not, I I was just doing it because it was a legality to be, you know, legal to marry this couple that their pastor had kind of dropped out, and they're like, can you marry us? We're getting married in four weeks, and we have no one to marry us. I'm like, all right. Um, anyway, so I just did it, but from that point on, the pastoral grace in my life really has uh, increased, so thank you, Jesus. There's that's there's real stuff that happens when people lay hands on you and impart a, a real grace, so I will still never get used to being called Pastor Jamie, so anyway, you can just call me Jamie or whatever, but if you want to call me Pastor Jamie, I sort of feel like you're needling me, but it's okay. We can, we can, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good. Um, And I want to say this too, since, you know, maybe, I know, like some of you I've known for a while and some of you probably just getting to know me, but I want to say this. I want you to know that I am not a frustrated rock star, all right? So all of my behavior that you see does not come out of being a frustrated rock star. I want that to be clear because some people seem to think that. I am unapologetically a cheerleader for Jesus, all right? So what I do is not, not because I wish I could be doing something else, believe me, I, I'm, I don't care about any of that stuff, but what I do care about is I do care about him getting what he deserves, amen, and I'm unapologetic about that. So just letting you know, in case you're wondering, like, what's up with that guy, um, you know, that's, that's part of my deal. I am an unapologetic cheerleader for Jesus, and... I want to encourage you guys, like Jonathan just shared with you, there are moments that God invites us into. There are moments he invites us into. I remember, you might not believe this, but I I had to get free of a lot of fear. I I actually used to lead worship standing behind the piano, hiding behind the piano. I didn't play the piano. I hid behind it, a, a big grand piano with the leaf open, and I would stand there so no one could see me. And it wasn't a humility thing. It was just a fear thing. For real. I know, I know that's really hard to believe when you, when you, see, when you see me now. I'm, the, I'm the, waving the banner of the crazy parade. But I, I'm just telling you, honestly, that's where I came from. I came from a, a place of that kind of fear and that kind of bondage and that kind of, you know, timidity that the Lord had to deliver me out of all of it. And it was through moments like what Jonathan just shared with you. I remember, I remember the Lord, you know, back in the days when, when the Toronto thing was happening and you spent a lot of time on the carpet. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I remember being pinned to the floor one day and the Lord said, I want you to shout. And he's like, You ain't getting up till you shout. And that was like, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to shout. Listen, we much rather clap our hands. This isn't the message, by the way. You're getting all this for free. We'd much rather just clap our hands because we can kind of do that at a distance, right? So if you say, a lot of times now if I go to churches and I say, let's lift up a shout, and people go. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let's just look quickly in the dictionary. Pretty sure this is a clap. A shout involves your lungs. It involves the inside of you. This is just, we can kind of keep it at a distance. But it's something that comes deep from within you. And so the Lord had me pinned down. He said, you ain't getting up till you shout. I said, really? You would do that to me? Yeah, yeah, he, he does that. But he's setting us free. He's getting us out of our own stuff, out of our own self-consciousness that I lived with for a long time, a long, long time, a fear of man, of, a, a, you know, never feeling like I fit in and never, you know, all this kind of stuff. And now I'm just like, I just am who I am, right? And if you think I'm a frustrated rock star, that's up to you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't really care, but I just know who I am and I know who he's created me to be. And I know that I can be okay in that. And I know that he's called me to worship him with everything in me. Amen. So that's a little bit um, about me, since I know some of you, like, probably, you know, I've been around some of you for a long, long time, and then others, we've not been a part of the the Bristol Hope family for that long, so I'll just share that little snippet of who I am. So, and I will also tell you that I am pinch-preaching this week, Um, so until Friday night, I did not know I was preaching, so I had two, I had a choice, I had the choice of preach a message that I, I know, I, I kind of have articulated and have the language for and feel comfortable with, or I could do what I felt like the Lord was saying to do, and, and stumble and bumble my way through probably a little bit, because this is still something that's kind of new for me. And so, if it sounds really good, I guess you won't know which path I chose. Um, but <laughs> if it's stumbly and bumbly, you know, oh, he was just trying to be obedient. That's good. That's good. Praise the Lord. Um, no, I want to, I, I love the, the theme that we've been on with these memorial stones. I love that. And I've been on Joshua 4 for a couple years now. We got connected with the American Bible Society. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the American Bible Society. The American Bible Society is a 200-plus-year-old ministry. That's pretty good. We get churches that are like 50 years old, 100 years old. We're like, wow, that's amazing. 200-year-old ministry. That's pretty good, right? That's, I think God's been faithful to those people. And so they um, were in New York City for about the last 100 years of their uh, existence as a ministry. And they moved back to Philadelphia about four or five years ago. And when they moved back in there, we uh, kind of got connected with them. And we found out that they wanted to create a space that they have now created. We actually prayed in the empty warehouse that they've converted into what is now called the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center. And its they don't like the term museum, but it's like a museum. And and so they are are telling the story in that place. They're telling the story of the Bible's influence on the founding of our nation. Not just the founding, but all, all through. our our, our nation, but particularly at the founding, and particularly people like William Penn, who came here and wanted to establish a baseline, a foundation of brotherly love based on the scriptures, who named this, well, not this city, but named Philadelphia after the biblical city in, in the book of Revelation. And so, you know, they're telling that story, and I said to them, the reason I love this is because this is a Joshua 4 memorial stone. This is a, a museum or a, a interactive space, since they don't like museum. This is a place where people will be able to interact with the realities of what God has done. And generations to come, no matter what revisionist history tries to come in, generations to come will say, Oh, this is what the Lord's done. And so I love this theme, and I want to just talk today about you and I being walking breathing living memorial stones because listen we are we are in our bloodlines we are a witness we are a testimony to the generations that will come and i know there are things in my life right now that i'm doing that i know these things are going to be there's things i'm creating there's things i'm walking out there's things i'm doing That I'm going to, you know, my kids now are walking them out with me. But even their kids and their children's children, the generations to come, will be able to look back and say, oh, that's what happened in my great, great, great grandfather's life. That's what he knew of the Lord. That's what he, that's what he experienced. Amen? So that's what, that's what I do. That's why I record music. I don't record music to sell a million copies of a record. I'm recording music so that my great-great-great-grandchildren can drink from that well. And I don't care if anybody else likes it. How's that for getting over the fear of man? (laughs) It's the truth, though. I don't. We, We have CDs. We make them available. But I'll be honest with you. I don't really care if anyone else likes it. It's not about that. It's about here's what the Lord's given me, and let me tell this story. And um, I'm going to play a song, well Josh is going to play a song, not now, at the end, we're good at the end, I was going to say, we're going to play the song at the end. Um, we're going to play a song at the end that just, and the Lord just rocked me with it because it's so much of what he's been speaking to me about, and I'm just praying that this will kind of come out because again, it is kind of new to me, uh, and, it, and it's a redefining of what it even means to be a witness. How many of you like, are, like we know We're supposed to be a witness, right? How many of us honestly have no idea what that means? I learned, I found out I didn't. I didn't have any idea what that means. So I want to unpack for you some things in probably a somewhat haphazard fashion. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. Found out Friday night I was doing this, and then we were on the road all day yesterday. But it's all good. Uh, I'm going to do the best I can with the language I have now. Um, and just try to communicate this to you as best I can. So, Father, help me, help all of us to have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Amen? So, we're in, we're in a moment in the earth where we prayed into it last week. You know, we're seeing what's happening in a country like Afghanistan. And we're trying to wrap our heads around what it means to actually be a witness. Let me just give you the Greek word for witness. Okay? The Greek word for witness is martoria. Uh-oh. Let's just cut right to the chase. It's martoria. You can hear the word martyr right in there and you know I, I i've been struck by the reality that what we do when we are a witness is not to go hand someone a tract. i'm not saying that's wrong listen if you do that and the lord tells you to do that you do it but we have we, well, we're going to go out to the streets and we're gonna witness. okay Here's what I'm concerned about. We have a bunch of people who aren't witnesses witnessing. Why? Because what does it actually mean to be a witness? A witness is, as it is in our culture, in in biblical language, it is a legal term. It's someone who gives testimony to something they have seen or experienced. But we got a bunch of people in some cases who we haven't really seen much or experienced much. <laughs> We've gone to church, but we don't necessarily, ex- we haven't experienced God. My, one, of, one of my, one of my uh, favorite guys to to hang out with, he's been a a mentor to us in many ways, is uh, Robert Stearns, Bishop Robert Stearns, and he said the definition of religion is people that have not had an encounter with God teaching other people that have not had an encounter with God about a book filled with people that have had encounters with God. Let that one fry your circuit boards for a minute. People who've not had an experience or an encounter with God teaching other people who've not had an experience or encounter with God about a book filled with people who all had encounters with God, who experienced Him in some way. Now I'm going to, I'm going to give you this disclaimer once because I am a teacher. I have the two dual natures that wrestle within me of teacher and prophet, and and I just. It's just a tension you learn to live with. But I want to say this to to give you the balance. Listen, we can't be dominated by our experience, our emotion, all these kinds of things. You understand? there's, There's truth. There's things that we have to understand. It's spirit and truth. Amen? So I'm just going to say I'm going to be talking, you know, about experiential things but I don't want us to, to, to lose the un- understanding of we have to be anchored in reality and in truth and all these kinds of things, not in just random experiences. Okay, having said that, a witness is someone who testifies of what they've seen, what they've heard. Let's just look at this scripture right out of the gate. Let's turn to First John chapter 1. And I love this, if you want to dive deep on this, if this you know, does something in your heart today, if you want to dive deep on this, read all of the writings of John, the Apostle John. Read, first, read John the Gospel, read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then read the book of Revelation. And You will see that John carries this thread all the way through in, in, in his Gospel all the way through his, his epistles into the, the, uh, the, the, the book of Revelation, there is a, a thread of this idea of a witness. Someone who has seen and who has heard. Listen to what he says. First John chapter 1. He says, That which was from the beginning, meaning the Lord, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon... And our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Listen, John's not talking about just an abstract idea. He's saying this is what we have seen with our own eyes. This is what we have touched with our own hands. This is what we've experienced in our own lives. Concerning the word of life, concerning the Lord, concerning Jesus. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness. And declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. I'm telling you right now, that is the definition of what a witness is. What have I seen? What have I heard? That's what I talk about. That's what I tell about. What have I experienced? That's why people can come up here and say, listen, you know, like Jonathan did this morning. Here's what I've experienced of God. And he witnessed, he's he's a true witness. This is what God's done for me. It's what I've handled and touched in my own life. And we want to tell people, okay, this is what you tell other people when you go out to the streets and you talk to them about this, or you, you know, when you're in a restaurant or whatever, and they have never touched it with their own life never handled it with their own hands are you with me and so I've been convicted about this invitation and John goes on and he says that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ In other words, John's saying, I'm telling you all these things because you're invited into the same thing. Wait a minute, John. You walked with Jesus. You talked with Jesus. You saw him do miracles. You listened to his words. Y'all, we can do the same thing. We do it by the Spirit. Do it by the power of the Spirit. God's invited us. John's telling us here, you're invited in to this same thing. To touch, to handle, to taste, to experience. And to have fellowship with the rest of the people who've done the same thing. And really, all of that is our fellowship with Him. And so I've been kind of rocked by this reality going, okay, what if the witness of the American church, and forgive me, when I, when I talk about the church, I'm rarely talking about just us here. I'm talking more broadly. That's kind of how my brain works. So just sorry. But anyway, what if the witness of the American church has been so diminished because we're not encountering him we're not experiencing him what if we're creating programs and generating all kinds of nice things that people want to come in and and be a part of the group but the core of it no one's experiencing God and I'll tell you very honestly that's why I I have my family and we come to this church Before I was a pastor here. When I thought I could just be a fly on the wall here. And I see a company of people that are here saying, we know we have to encounter the Lord. And we know that anybody who comes here, it's not our mission to, to pump them full of really nice coffee and have a cool light show and all that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all that, but I'm saying if that's all you got and you don't have the encountering of God, we are not witnesses. And so I'm grateful for what God's doing here, but I think there's another dimension he's calling us to. Because we're looking at what's happening in Afghanistan. And we're wondering, come on, let's be honest, we're all wondering to ourselves, man, if it were me. And I want to suggest to you this, that a witness, Marturia, becomes a martyr only if They are so thoroughly convinced of what they have seen. That they are willing to die for it. There were, let's say, 11 of Jesus' closest friends. We know one of them didn't end well. 11 of Jesus' closest friends... 10 of those became martyrs. Why? Because they were so convinced of what they saw, so convinced of what they heard, so thoroughly assured that he did get up out of that grave, that he did walk around for 40 days, walked around, walked through walls. It's pretty cool. And they were convinced of what they had seen to such a degree that they said, yeah, I'll die too, because I know what I've seen, and I know death is not the end. And we've got a, a bunch of people in Afghanistan right now who over the last 20 years, will you listen to me without a political mindset for a minute? 20 years ago, We entered into a conflict in that country. Since then, the church has exploded. I'm not justifying here. I'm not saying political. I'm simply saying, what if God gave a 20-year window of grace? To see the church absolutely explode. Had America not gotten involved. I don't know if that would have happened. Maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have. But here's what I know. 20 years you had a window of grace. And now there's some persecution. That's most assuredly happening right now. But God did the same thing in Jerusalem. When the church got nicely established. He said well. There's going to be some persecution coming. He didn't send it, but he allowed it, and it sent the witnesses out. Time to go out. Time to go tell of what you've seen, what you've heard in the ends of the earth, and assure them the king is alive. He loves us. He works all things together for our good. Come on. This is the message we carry. And so we are invited in. Listen, we are invited in, in the spirit, to the realities of everything that you read in that book. I say that book, and I have either this or my laptop, but I think you know what I'm talking about. We are invited into the realities. I was just with a pastor out in Pittsburgh this man has been in jail multiple times in Canada by the way this is not Afghanistan y'all this is Canada and he's been in jail for for feeding the hungry and preaching the gospel on the streets but before he, you know, he, 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 he did all of that, he didn't know the Lord. And he was, a, he was a, a corrupt businessman, put it that way. And he said he just started to come to the Lord, and he came to church, and he was still kind of wrestling in his heart about really s- surrendering his whole life to the Lord, but he came to church, and a prophet said his his wife was pregnant. The prophet said that God's going to give you the perfect gift. That's what he said. And so the time came for his baby to be born, and the baby was stillborn. And they were able, I guess, to to or kind of I don't know if stillborn stillborn is the right term, but the baby was not breathing on its own. All this kind of stuff. So they were able to kind of get the baby breathing but they said your baby your 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 son has no lungs you know or tiny little lungs you know like somehow his organs had not developed and and so they were just keeping the baby alive and he's standing there looking at his son talking to the lord going lord this isn't fair He's a new believer now, right? He's saying, this isn't fair. I'm giving my life to you. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering to you. I'm trying to get my life back. I'm trying to do, you know, on track, all this kind of stuff. He says, and here's my son literally just dying. He says, I would do anything to save that child. I would, literally anything. He said, he's literally bargaining to the Lord. He said, Lord, I would literally kill people to, to save that baby. And like this, all of a sudden... He goes into like a three-hour vision of the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean in vivid detail. Like He was there. And He was telling some of the story and actually, you know, I, 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 I went to... Bible college, and not that that makes me any kind of an expert or anything, but I've studied some of the technical aspects of the crucifixion of Jesus, and everything that he had seen in this vision is 100% accurate, according to what everybody kind of thinks is what happened. And the Lord shows him in vivid detail the crucifixion of Jesus, and he says to him, You would do anything to save your son. I gave my son. Whoa. (laughs) And it turned his world upside down to know the heart of the Father. Why? Because he became a witness to what happened when Jesus hung on the cross. He became a witness. He saw it. He experienced it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, is this just for pastors who get thrown in jail in Canada? No. (laughs) Listen, this is what we are all invited into. We are invited to see and to experience these things in the Spirit. Let me read a a, a scripture to you, and before I read it, I'll tell you this. This is from Zechariah chapter 3. And in Zechariah chapter 3, it's a, a prophetic picture of New Testament ministry. So I'm not going to dive into the whole thing there. It's kind of a... I could say a bunch of funny words that will probably confuse you, but I'm just going to say this very simply. Zechariah 3 is a prophetic picture. It's in the Old Testament, but it's a prophetic picture of what New Testament ministry is going to look like. It's a prophetic picture of New Testament priesthood. There's a priest, Joshua, or Yeshua... Who is standing before the Lord and he is a representative. And I want to read this to you because this is so powerful. He's standing there before the Lord and the angels are there and and even the accuser, Satan, comes to accuse him. So he's in a heavenly courtroom, if you will. He's in a legal setting. And the accuser is accusing him because he's defiled. Outwardly, his garments are defiled. The priesthood he's a part of has become defiled. And so the enemy is accusing him. And Zechariah the prophet is there, by the way. How'd Zechariah get there? Well, he has access into these heavenly realms. And so there's this whole exchange that happens, and they... You know, they say, well, let's put a clean garments on him. Let's purify him. And God purifies him. And he becomes pure. And it's a picture of those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And then this is what the Lord says in Zechariah chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. Actually, it's the angel of the Lord, which is most likely considered to be Jesus. But it says, the angel of the Lord admonished joshua saying thus says the lord of hosts Zechariah 3 6 and 7 listen to this if you will walk in my ways and if you keep my command then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts i will give you places to walk among these who stand here in other words listen we understand this is a prophetic picture of New Testament ministry, what's happening here is the Lord saying, if you will walk in my ways, if you will follow after me, I am inviting you into this courtroom to be here, to experience what goes on here. Do you know that you and I are called to experience things that happen in the heavenly realms? We're called to encounter and experience these kinds of things. Now listen, it doesn't always have to be some profound, you know, three hours taken up in a vision, all this kind of, it doesn't have to be that way. Sometimes it's just a simple thing that God gives us, but it becomes something in our spirits that co- becomes a, a place of faith, a place of conviction that we say, I know that I know. Not because somebody told me, but because I am a witness to it. I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've touched it somehow. Are you following me? And we're invited to that place to walk among those, like it says in Zechariah 3, walk among the courts of the Lord. And so witnesses are those who speak and testify of what they've seen. What they've heard, but what have we seen and heard? Maybe that's why so many people feel like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, to tell people about Jesus. Listen, what have you seen and what have you heard? What do you, what do you know that you're willing to die for? This is where we're going because, listen, when, when we see something like Afghanistan, it becomes very real to us, but the, the challenge of the Lord is there for us all the time. Thank God we don't have to deal with what what, what they're dealing with in Afghanistan. But it doesn't mean we should be lazy. It doesn't mean we shouldn't be. The Lord's saying, I want to give you power to be my... How am I going to be a witness? How am I going to see these things? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll receive power doesn't that verse come alive now? What's that mean? The means that he's going to tell me the right words to say? That's maybe, yeah, but that's not the core of what it is. The core of what it is, is he's going to cause these things to come alive in you. The Holy Spirit is going to help us to have eyes to see. The Holy Spirit's going to help us to have ears to hear. When you've heard the word of the Lord from heaven, listen, there's no question anymore. You don't have to go back and forth and, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. No, I've heard the Lord. 100% done. Settled, established. Now I'm a witness. This is what he said. And we testify and we give legislative, judicial, legal witness of what we've heard and seen. You know, the, the, that great um, verse about faith, right? We, we love we love the verse about faith that we quote all the time from Hebrews, and um, I, I want to break it down just for a minute. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 just so we can look at it. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm, uh, I'm almost done, so if you want to get I'm going to talk about Hebrews just for a minute, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. But it says this, right? We know this verse pretty well. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you break these words down a little bit, I'll, I'll just, for the sake of time, I'll just say this. The evidence of things not seen. It's literally a legal term. It is a term that describes when a witness would testify regarding something so that you, as someone who did not see it, would become so thoroughly convinced that what they were saying was true that you would be willing to believe them. We have this in our court system, right? I was... I don't know if honored, privileged, sobering—I don't know whatever it was. I ended up in in on a murder trial, in uh, on jury duty one time. It was it was kind of heavy. And um, the witnesses tell what they've seen, and 12 people sit there and decide if they believe what that witness has said enough to basically treat sorry that's me to basically treat what that witness says as though they themselves have experienced that this man this this man who is a witness shared his story to the degree that 12 people could visualize and picture and engage and say, yes, we see what happened here. Does that make sense? That is what this word is saying. Faith is the evidence, the thing that describes and causes to come into shape and cause into a place of convincing in your own heart things that you can't see. That's what it is. It's the witness of the Spirit of God in us, convincing us, helping us to experience and believe things that in the natural we cannot see. Are you with me? And so that's what we're talking about. We talk about faith, we're, we're seeing the Holy Spirit move in our hearts, in our lives, causing faith to rise up, causing us to be able to believe and walk in things that we otherwise could never walk in. Amen? And so, if you keep reading in Hebrews, you come over to, well, in that that chapter, you have these great heroes of faith, right? And it tells you by faith, All these people did these things, right? We'll just scan the chapter. By faith, Enoch was taken away so they didn't see death. That sounds good, right? Right? Oh, you sleep now? It was a joke, and people were like... Okay. You know, by faith, Abraham obeyed and had a child when his body was as good as dead, Right? And it keeps talking about these heroes of faith. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. He was hidden by his parents. Joshua in the walls of Jericho by faith. What an amazing story, right? And then it says this, And what more shall I say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, prophets who walked through faith, subdued kingdoms... That's pretty good. Anybody subdued a kingdom lately? Worked righteousness. Obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of the lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the enemies of the aliens. Women received their dead. Raised to life again. Come on. And then... It says this, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Wait a minute, you mean to tell me that the same faith that subdues kingdoms and brings the dead back to life is the same faith by which I endure trials and scourgings and imprisonment and chains? Oh, and being stoned. Not that kind of stoned. Sawn in two. Wandering about in sheepskins and goatskins. Being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. Why is that the same stuff? I don't get it. Here's why. Because both groups of people, whether outwardly victorious or outwardly looking like they never really got their deliverance. They walked by faith and they were witnesses to what they saw to the point where they said, I will not turn aside. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and this is how I've been praying for the people in Afghanistan. They said, look, God is well able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we'll never bow. Because we've seen something. We know something, and we'll never bow our knee. And if he delivers us, he delivers us. If he doesn't, then he'll receive us. Come on, you got someone like Peter, who was broken out of prison by an angel. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then you got somebody like Stephen, who preached one message. And the Lord stood as Stephen was received into heaven. And the one who was there overseeing the stoning of Stephen, two chapters later, a blinding light appears to him, knocks him down, and Jesus himself says, why are you persecuting me, Saul? And you'll never in a million years convince me that those two events aren't connected. That a man who stood there and preached the gospel faithfully, not accepting deliverance, but instead receiving martoria, gave birth to the greatest evangelist the world has ever known. Come on. That's the power of what we've seen and what we've heard and being so gripped by it that we're willing to do anything for it. they are willing to lay down our lives. And sometimes the struggle is, would I lay down my life? Would I die for this? And sometimes some of us are just extreme enough to be like, yeah, I'd die for it. Problem is, we're not always willing to live for it. Sometimes it's harder to live for it than it'd be to die for it. So here we are in a moment where God's inviting us in to be his witnesses. I believe he stirred us up with what's going on in Afghanistan. And I will not allow whatever bloodshed there might be of our brothers and sisters to be in vain. And I know the Lord won't either. But I believe it has to stir us up to be the witnesses he's called us to be. I want to just play this song. I was in Alabama uh, recently, and I met the people who wrote this song, and they sang this song. And the Lord had already been speaking to me about all, all these things I've been sharing with you today. The Lord's really been speaking to me about for several months now. And then they sang this song, and I about blew a gasket because I'm like, this is it. This is what the Lord's been speaking to me about. And so, uh, spoiler alert, next Sunday, you might hear us singing this song, but on, but on a day and a half notice, uh, did not feel like it was cool to short hop the team, um, with that kind of a, a thing. So we just get the canned version, but I tell you, it is pretty good. And, um, I, 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 Wish we could have lyrics, but hopefully you'll be able to hear the words clearly enough. And I want to just ask you to sit before the Lord for a moment as we play this. And then, um, Maggie, why don't you get in place? And then we're just going to have an invitation today. Uh, Josh and Laura are going to come, and and uh, others who who are part of the ministry team. Who, if you feel led, I want to just I want to just open it up for prayer. And I want to. Uh, Invite us into that place where we witness more in the Spirit. Amen? So let's listen to this and we'll go from there. just open it up today for us to engage with the Lord. Can we just all stand for a minute? Let's just stretch our hands out to the Lord. Father, we have been provoked, Lord really over these last two years, with all that we see going on around us, Lord, that we must be the witness in the earth that you desire us to be. That we must be those who have tasted and seen your goodness who've experienced you Lord enough to stand up and say in the midst of all that's going on around us there is hope in you Father you said in your word that when the Holy Spirit came upon us we would receive power to become your witnesses so father i'm asking today for a fresh release of holy spirit upon each one who's here lord that there would be a welling up a rising up within us lord of your spirit who lives in each one who has received you and who's accepted your salvation Holy Spirit rise up in us right now we pray cause us to be your witnesses cause us to encounter the realities of the slain lamb the one who once was dead but now is alive and lives forevermore the one to whom every nation bows down. The one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue confess his lordship. Lord, we say and we pray as we pray today. Open the eyes of our hearts that we would see you. And Lord, even as John, the one who who speaks about these things so frequently in his writings even as John saw you in the book of Revelation he fell at your feet as a dead man he had walked with you he had talked with you in the earth realm but something about seeing you in heaven something about seeing you high and lifted up brought him to a place of humility brought him to a place of submission and brought him to a place of awe that he had never been before. Lord, we're saying today, take us. Take us to a place of humility. Take us to a place of awe that we've never been before. Take us, Lord, to a place where we encounter the greatness of who you are. Lord, take us and baptize us again in your love. Take us and immerse us again in your mercy. Lord, we don't want to just talk about these things. We say these are ours to walk in, to own, to experience, to be like those in the, in the book of Hebrews who are talked about as heroes of faith, Lord, not because they were perfect, but because they dared to enter into an encounter with you. We say, Lord, we want that, and we want to be bold enough to stand up, though it might cost us everything. We want to be so convinced by what we've seen that we can do nothing else. We say, Lord, where else would we go? You have the words of life. Because we've tasted of your words, they're like honey to us. We've tasted of your words of life. We know what it's like, Lord. We've tasted your your truth and your deliverance. So Lord, I pray today that you would make us as individuals and you would make this church into a true witness not people who know the right things to say but people who've encountered your heart lord there's people out there who know the right things to say but they've never encountered your heart and so their hearts are just as hard as anyone else's they're not true witnesses but father we're saying make us true witnesses make us just like jesus make us just like Jesus who bore witness to who the Father was filled with grace and truth I just feel specifically today to invite you down if you have been asking or just something stirred in you today Lord I want to encounter you more I want to experience you more I want to invite you down this morning for prayer if that's something you want or, or just where you are just do business with the Lord but if you've been crying out to the Lord for that I want to invite you or maybe I feel there's a, maybe another category of people who say you know what I have heard about it I have grown up with it all or I've, I've, I've heard it for years but I just have really never experienced the Lord myself I want to invite you to come down I want to invite you to take a moment before the Lord right now, and Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You are the agent. You are the one that by your power and by your working, you cause us to become witnesses. You cause our eyes to see things. You cause our ears to hear things. Father, I thank you for a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit today to be witnesses so if you desire prayer just come on down otherwise we just seal everything that's been done here today through the blood of the lamb and by the power of his word which is holding all things together And we just thank you Lord for all you've done so have a wonderful week we bless you father we bless pastor Dave and Michelle and their family today, thank you, Lord, for healing them right now. Lord, anything, restore unto them, Lord, full health, perfect health. Now we pray, Father, we thank you. Lord, full restoration from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Bless you all this morning.